Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Welcome to Spiritual Insights, everyone. Thank you so much for taking time to tune in from wherever you are in the United States and around the world. If you're new to the show, I'd like to extend a warm welcome and an invitation to join our large audience and community of co-creation and spiritual support. We are dedicated to helping you cultivate peace in your life through self-awareness, and we offer something for everyone. I am a psychic medium, advanced energetic healer, spiritual teacher, and channel for Jesus, and I work with others in the divine. Featured monthly segments include a Course in Miracles virtual class with the co-president of the Foundation for Inner Peace, Robert Rosenthal, MD. We also offer energetic healing segments where you can call in for free long-distance healing. And today's segment is the latest installment in our Masterclass Educational Series, Guidance from Spirit, Channeled Messages from Beyond the Veil. My special guest co-host, Danielle Gibbons, joins me today to share her perspective on the chosen topic. Danielle has served as full-body channel for Mother Mary since 1994, allowing Mother, in her distinct voice, to share universal truth and lend guidance for the human journey. After our discussion, Mother will come through to offer her divine wisdom on the subject. Danielle is the author of Mother Mary's Pathway to Love and has connected people worldwide with Mother's love and grace through best-selling courses, life-changing retreats, radio appearances, and online events, to inspire individuals to awaken and expand their consciousness. To learn more, visit BelovedPublications.com. And if you would like to explore more of Mother's teaching, you can review the audio and video archive I've created on my website, SpiritualInsightsRadio.com, where you'll find direct links to their bi-weekly YouTube videos and regular appearances on other shows, such as Conscious Talk Radio. I think you'll find the array of topics very interesting and enlightening. And I know I'm excited about today's topic, which is boundaries with self. This is a continuation of the topic in the previous transmission, which was boundaries with others. And so I am excited to jump into this. Welcome back, Danielle. I can't believe it's been a month already. I know. Hi, Charlotte. It's great to be here. Uh, I know this month just flew by. I uh, It, it kind of snuck up on me today. <laughs> it really did. It's been busy yeah. for sure, and uh, we have a lot of astrological things happening this month, which may make it pretty intense for a lot of people. Uh, oh, really? So, What's uh-huh. going on? We, we have two new moons, two eclipses, Mercury retrograde, and several other planetary alignments that may or may not be harmonious. But my understanding from the transmission from yesterday from Metatron is that everything is in divine order, and that this is all designed to help you 
move through those shifts that we're going through with the planetary energies so that we can move forward as we head into 2020. Oh, cool. You know, I always look at periods like this when all that comes together as an opportunity to kind of shake things up and and have what really needs to come into my awareness uh, come in uh, because mm-hmm. oftentimes due to my own desire to repress things or deny or pretend they don't exist, um, when I have these periods of shakeup, they're so profound. They're so profound. I look at things differently. I see things about myself that I didn't even know were there. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, it can be rough for sure, but it can be a very powerful time. I agree. And with what Mother was saying about the shift, that anything about you that is not authentic, so to speak, has to fall away. And so this is going to help us accomplish that. So um, the other piece of good news from uh, Metatron's transmission yesterday is for those people who are working consciously on this stuff, things are going to smooth out around September, October. And this is funny. But for those who are not working consciously on these things, uh, they have an extended opportunity to get their homework done And so for them, that energy will be extended until the end of the year. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy for them. Which camp you live in. (laughs) Oh, I was so elated to hear that they won't be left behind, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was pretty funny. But like you said, it is an opportunity. And so with what I have going on, I'm going to take the opportunity to take some time off from most of the segments, but not your segment or Wendy's segment next month. I am going to take advantage of retrograde Mercury and revisit some projects, revamp, and in some cases I'm starting over completely. So I feel a need when I sat with myself and said, okay, what are you feeling and what is it that you think you need? What I think I need is a bit of solitude and some silence so that I can focus, regroup, so that by the time all these shifts are done taking place, and more importantly, I want to be very conscious and present for all of these shifts. I don't want to be distracted or pressured or stressed. So this is my opportunity to be very present with everything that's happening for me, and so I'm going to take that opportunity. But I'll be speaking with you, and Wendy, I am just going to... Uh, calm things down a bit for about a month or so. That's a great idea. That's a great, like a mini sabbatical. Exactly. Great idea. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have one of those. I have one of those coming up in August. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it because, yeah, it's going to be my time for really planning uh, some projects and uh, and getting clear on direction from mother, which is a challenge for me when I have a lot of clients and I have a lot going on and I'm doing a lot of work. Um, it's a little hard for me to get quiet and to get centered and really, really hear right. her what our next you know, steps are going to be together. So, um, yeah, I try to work those into my schedule throughout the year um, because I've learned they they help enormously, just enormously. 
and I don't get too many opportunities. I I will be available for clients. Uh, I don't want to miscommunicate. I will be available for clients, but I I won't be doing the call-in shows for the Energetic Healing or A Course in Miracles uh, or my solo segments as I've been planning to do. So, yes, I just need an opportunity to regroup and catch up with a few things so that moving forward, after all the dust is settled, it's as smooth as it can possibly be based on the actions that I took to to contribute to that. So you're taking time off in August as well, did you say? Yes, um, but I tend to only work with clients in a few blocks throughout the year um, because I I um, can't, yeah, I can't sustain that uh constantly over the year i i literally need like a lot of time and space to work on my projects because they tend to be very time consuming and you know there's a lot of a lot of moving parts involved and that's the work that i do so it's not that i'm taking time off just taking time off from certain things so that i can create other things if that makes sense Sure, you're just lightening the load a little bit so that you can do your best on what you're working on. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, As that's what I want to do. Person, I don't multitask well. I just don't. So it's better for me to work on one thing and complete it and then go on to the next thing. And so right now I'm working with clients um, for the next three weeks, and so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like that. Right. The majority of what I'm spending my time and energy and focus and just, you know, what I'm giving to. Uh, And so then there's not a lot left over for other things. And then uh, I don't work with clients and then I put my energy on those other things. So it's where I, you know, mother's showing me that um, I really can formulate my business in such a way that it works for me. And I think this leads beautifully into our topic today about boundaries with self, right? What works and Mm -hmm. what doesn't work. I cannot write a book when I'm working with clients three or four days a week. Like I just, there's no space. Even if I look at my my appointment calendar and I'm like, oh, I'm done at this time. And so that would mean I'd have these hours. But then I have emails to catch up on. I have a lot of other work that my business is sort of ongoing, Um, you know, things I have to do. I'm getting ready for a retreat that's coming up in the fall uh, in Georgia. That registration opened for that, so there's a lot that goes into that. So, you know, those are the little nuts and bolts things that I have to keep up with all the time. So if my big love focus, my big channeling energetic focus is on clients right now, then that's what I focus on. And I'm finding that I can't mix it all up, like constantly. Mm-hmm. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Like I have to set aside time to do each kind of project. Otherwise, it really doesn't get done in a way that works for me, right? I might... Right be able to make it so the people like it and they have a great experience and whatever, but it doesn't work for me. And uh, this has been a huge learning curve, boundaries with myself, you know, uh, Uh 
because I don't work. I, I mean, I have an assistant, and she's phenomenal, but I, I don't really work with employees. I don't work with people generally. It's just it's my business. And so creating these boundaries for myself have been life-changing. And here's the crazy part, Charlotte, crazy, crazy, crazy part, which my mind tells me, no, it doesn't work that way. But in truth, it actually does. When I set these boundaries for myself and I maintain them, my business goes better. I'm more successful in every avenue. I have more energy. Uh, I work smarter, less hours, Uh but I work smarter. Um, I have more time for my son, my family, you know, my life outside of working. It, it's mm-hmm. been amazing to me. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yet, at the same time, it's like, yeah, mother's been telling you this for a while. <laughs> it took a while uh, but, to get it. Okay. Yeah. It did. And it's a subtle thing, setting boundaries with myself. Well, the whole boundary issue has really only been coming to my awareness heavily and intensely over the last, like, three or four years. And 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 I really appreciate that Mother included that piece of learning how to set boundaries with myself. Yes, with other people, super important, but also equally important, setting boundaries with myself. Right. And the reason for me, I agree with you 100%. And the reason was because our relationships with others, it's important to have those boundaries. But those relationships are secondary to the relationship we have with ourselves. So that yes. should be, out of the gate, our, our primary concern is, is number one taken care of, and then we can move on to number two. But I also want to add that I really appreciate what you're saying about uh, how you stated that you are not good at multitasking. I'm good at I'm good at multitasking, but I falter when I'm trying to catch up with what's behind me and trying to move forward with what's in front of me. I have to pause mm. and get it together and get that rearranged so that all of it is moving in the flow. But honesty, mm. I think, is probably out of the gate that number one, when looking at where you need boundaries with yourself, you're going to have to be honest with yourself. And that's yes, very honest. I'm, I'm good at this, but I'm not good at that. Yeah. You know, agreed. I would like to be. I'm just not. Yeah. And I work slowly. I don't work fast. I'm not a fast person with anything like decision making, um, working through problems or challenges or creating a project and then implementing the project. I am always going to be the tortoise. Always. I have never uh-huh. been the hare. And when I try to be the hare, when I try to hurry, when I try to really push myself, and run, I'm miserable. I'm miserable, and I'm, I don't enjoy it. And, yes, I might get it done, and people might enjoy it, but I don't enjoy it. And so, you know, part of, for me, that honesty piece has so critical because, I didn't know where I needed boundaries with myself. Um, right. And it was in these honesty, you know, these really deep moments of honesty that I was able to recognize that I, I'm not like other people. I'm a highly sensitive person and I'm an empath and I'm just not like other people. 
You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't like being in a crowded restaurant on a Saturday night when everyone's talking at such a volume and the clanking of silverware on plates and everyone rushing around and, you know, the, the door flapping open, you can hear the kitchen sounds and all that clanking and dishes. Clank. Oh, my gosh, I can barely sit there. Like, it's so overwhelming for me. And so yes. mm-hmm. I go to restaurants at like 5.30 in the evening, 6 o'clock, you know, an hour. I'm leaving just when it's really starting to fill up. You know? yes. and, that, and so these are all, you know, boundaries that I've had to set with myself uh, because I was not thriving without them. I was right. thriving, for- but I wasn't thriving. Right. And for me, there are ways that I used to be that seem to have changed. And so if I have changed, then I need to change the way I do things. Yep. Such as in my 20s and 30s, I was more than willing to work myself into the ground. I was able to do that. I enjoyed doing that. Uh, I felt fulfilled doing that, knowing that I was so capable and able to meet my own expectations of myself. But it's different now. I don't want to work myself into the ground. I don't want to work till midnight. I need something that fits this new energy. And so that's yeah. what I'm working to create. You know? Well, that, that's I, it used to be... Right. They're right. flexible. You know, they're, they're rock solid when you need them to be, but they change as you change. Yes. The word mutable came up with respect to that. Mm. Yeah. And... There was a time when I was fine being in a restaurant with all that noise and the people talking and the energy. It's not the same so much anymore. Um, We're all raising our vibrational frequencies. And for me, that has resulted in a seriously increased sensitivity. And so being in a restaurant in that state of, of activity is no longer as comfortable as it used to be. And... Uh, one of the major things on my list on, for what I feel uh, Boundaries of Self uh, should include is limiting the amount of news that I watch. I cannot take yes. the negativity. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's too much. And people getting murdered. Oh, I know. And I have to have very strong boundaries around my self-care routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, when what I want to keep it, well, uh, I created a nighttime routine, and it, and oh, I wish I could say I just, oh, I know I need this, and so I created it and then started doing it all the time. It took me probably a little over a year to really understand that I needed this nighttime routine in order to wind down from the day that I have to have all the media turned off by a certain time of the evening. Um, you know, I have to, if I brush and floss and wash my face and then I put on this my lavender and lavender oil and I meditate and I journal, well, I, actually I journal and then I meditate before sleep. But this, the whole routine is about 45 minutes. And I find that when I do it, I sleep so much better when I wake I wake up feeling better. Um, and it took me a long time. This is the tricky thing with boundaries with myself. 
and going back to the honesty piece, it takes me a long time usually to really come to the understanding that I need that, right? So I play around with the boundary. I'm like, and then I get angry that I need it. Like, oh, I should be, I don't know. I don't know what I should be. Somehow like cured, like I shouldn't need to do this whole routine at night. You know, I should just mm-hmm. be one of these people that can just fall into bed and sleep fabulously and wake up and be fabulous. It's it's a complete uh, fantasy person that, you know, this the fantasy Danielle that really doesn't exist. And so I have this big struggle with myself and then finally I surrender and I realize that I I really need this and so then I'm able to put that boundary in place and now it becomes you know my nightly routine or as much of my nightly routine as possible no matter what like you know Mm -hmm. no matter what and it has that small thing 45 minutes at the end of the day has improved my life enormously (laughs) enormously and so now that's become something that routine it's it's something that I need it's very much okay with me it's a really good thing for me and so in my mind energetically I've set up this like I can see the boundary around it and and I see the boundary is like this container for support like it's the it's holding this nightly routine in place for me. And, right. uh, and it, and it, and once I set that in place energetically inside of me, it's been so much easier to just do it. Like, like I don't struggle with it. I don't think about it. I, my alarm goes off at nine forty-five, and I just start doing it, you know? Right. Uh, so, but I, but I really had to set it energetically for me. I, I just really had to set it in place, and that that has worked beautifully. It becomes once you get in alignment with it, it becomes a comfort zone that you know will give you the feeling that you want to achieve. So that when you lie yeah. down, you are prepared for a night of restful sleep. And my best schedule was when I was so happy at this time. I would be in bed by 10 o'clock and then I would wake up at 7 and immediately do my exercises and do my, you know, personal care routine. And it, it just started every day out beautifully and it ended every day beautifully. And yeah. for me, the, the schedule and the routine work well with me. I am not impulsive. I like to know what I'll be doing at a certain time or even if I don't feel like doing it, I know that this hour has this energy and I can work best with that energy because every hour of the day is different energy. And so I use that to my advantage. And so, okay, so the hour of nine is the hour that you wind down. And then um, the other thing for me, and it's an interesting point to make for the listeners, is my power hour is 11 o'clock, and that's 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. So if I stay up past 11 o'clock p.m., I'm going to get an energy spike. And then it's going to be even harder for me to fall asleep. Oh, that's what happens for me, too. I never realized uh that. (gasps) So if I get myself wound down and in that calm state, wash off the day, whatever you do, then get your body into bed ready for sleep. 
so that when your power hour comes along, you'll have fantastic dreams, but you won't be awake wondering what to do with yourself. Should I go eat something or should I watch some TV? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it makes better use of the time available. Wow. That is so great to know. That is uh, That mm-hmm. helps a lot. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. My best energy is between the hours of 10 and 2. 11 is my power hour. If you want to do this, now everybody's going to be curious. If you want to do this on any given day, make a timeline or if you have a calendar with the hours listed on the days, take a look at how you feel. What, like when, or if you are a morning person, you might have high energy early. If you're not, then look at when you hit your most creative. And so years ago, it would be after I had some caffeine and then got the brain going, and then I noticed come 11 o'clock, I was ready to go to create something, and it would keep going until at least 2, and then I would get into administrative mode. Or perhaps this is a good time to return phone calls and communicate. Three, the hour of three might be a good hour for communication. And so you just work with it that way. And you figure out where that spike is. And in the daylight hours, use it to your advantage. And at night, make sure you're asleep by the time it hits so that you're not full of energy when you should be ready to rest. You know? Yeah. Or getting that second wind, and then I have a really hard time falling back asleep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No matter how tired you are, it will happen. So, That's right. That's right. I like to use that. There's also something. If I sat and I said, okay, honesty, honesty, bring this in, welcome it, use it, and, and play with it. So I thought, well, what if I set a boundary for myself, for negative self-talk, mm. such as when you start to hear, you could have done that a little better, or whatever we say to ourselves, You'll never get what you want or what have you. So what if I set a boundary in place that when I hear those thoughts in my mind, I say, no, you're not allowed to do that. That is crossing a boundary. That can be shadow or ego doing that. It doesn't matter, but that crosses a boundary. And so you need to reinforce this by canceling it out and turning it around to the truth of who you are. Because a lot of these thoughts are going to be about who you're not. And so yeah. I, I dug deep enough to say, okay, negative self-talk is something where we have to put a limit. And that was uh, another thing. Sit with your feelings. What frustrates you, what angers you, as we were saying in the last transmission, your feelings are a great barometer to figure out what's going on beneath the surface. But then you have to find your limit. And so for negative self-talk, there has to be a lower limit and a stronger boundary so that you know you're crossing a line that has a real impact on you, on your beliefs, your attitudes, and what you're able to manifest, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then my thoughts took me to, well, wouldn't that be resistance? Wouldn't that be shadow resistance or light resistance in terms of do I do my exercises or do I watch TV or what have you, all our, new, our normal examples that we use. But I think there's a difference between resistance whether it's shadow or light, and boundaries. So I really don't know where to go with that. I've sat with it, but I'm sure there's something beyond my reach that mother can explain. But And all that's in addition to, of course, the proper sleep, the diet, the exercise, the self-care. Time alone, for me, is especially important right now 
and time in nature. Yes, yes, absolutely. Agreed. Time in nature, number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, that negative is... self-talk, what do you do when you catch yourself uh, beating up on yourself? Because, like I said, our, our number one relationship is with ourselves, and if that is in any way dysfunctional, abusive, or neglectful, we're going to have to look at that right now. Yes. And uh, I find that for myself, um, I am just discovering that I don't really have a voice anymore that says, you know, oh, you shouldn't have done that or that was really, you know, crappy or stupid of you or whatever, you know. I used to, but, and I thought, oh, you know, I've, and, and I have done a lot of inner work to let go of this, but what I'm discovering recently, and this is not fabulous, but it's, and it was a hard discovery, but I'm learning that my habit of fantasizing, right? So I spoke of that just a little bit earlier, the fantasy Danielle, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's how, that has become my critical voice, right? So the fantasy of me, like, you know, why do you need this uh, meditation or becoming upset that I need this, um, you know, routine in the evening? And I, I fantasize that I'm just, you know, the person that can just, you know, fall into bed and do that. And I actually spend time in my mind thinking about these things and focused on them. And I realized recently that that is what my critical voice sort of morphed into. And I use in my thoughts when I, when I think of myself in any kind of capacity that isn't real, you know, whether I'm doing something that's not real or I'm in a place, some other place where I'm not, uh, want to be more than I think I should be, all of that is, that's my critical voice. Because the truth is when I spend time focused on that, I'm saying to myself the bottom line message is you're not okay the way you are. And so I'm implementing (laughs) and I'm working hard towards trying to abstain from fantasizing because that's different than imagination. Fantasy is different than imagination, right? Very different. Like I can imagine what flowers I'm going to plant in my garden once I'm redoing a certain flower bed in my backyard. Like that's imagining what, you know, do I want this flower or that flower and how it's going to look when they bloom and the colors together, you know, but fantasy that's a that's a very different thing and and I did not realize how much time and space in my head I was giving over to that, and so I'm doing something similar to what you said. I say, "Stop," and uh, I try to pause and step back and refocus on something else and tell myself, you know you're you're great just as you are. You're you're going to be all right. Everything's fine just as you are. And if the and if the thought or the fantasy just con- continues and s- sort of really pushing, trying to push into my forefront, I started doing this little thing that I love so much, Charlotte. I'm shushing my mind like a baby, like you would not oh. like be quiet. 
but I'm shushing like a babe, like shh, 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 shh. It's okay. Exactly. It's okay. It's okay, honey. Shh, shh, shh. And it works so beautifully, and I just love it. It almost makes me weep. It feels so sweet when I do it for myself. And, uh, and of course, the best part is that it works. It really works for me. That really is sweet because it has me feeling a little, uh, not quite choked up, but it's there in my throat. Yeah. Like your inner child is crying out for something and you're reassuring it, saying, no, it's okay. No need for fantasy. Reality is fine. We're fine. We're safe. That kind of thing. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. I I know quite a bit about fantasy. I spent uh, many years there and learned that it is quite the misuse of creative energy. Yep. In most most scenarios, we're trying to come up with an alternative outcome to what actually happened. Um, And you can't do that, so you're wasting your time and your energy and your life force energy doing that. It also puts a particle cloud in front of the third eye. Uh, mm. And that's something I work with my clients. Um, they'll present, and there, there will be that particle cloud. And I, I know exactly what they've been doing, spending way too much time in their head and much, too much time in fantasy. And so I explain mm. it and try to help them get to get out of the habit of doing it because the more time you spend there, the harder it is to come back. Yes. And so and to harder- nip it in the bud. What? And the, the harder it is to create in the present with your real exactly. self, your authentic self. And it's, a hard, it's right. harder to get to your authentic self and mm-hmm. get to that uh, place of honesty with yourself. And, you know, all mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, it's a real defense mechanism. Like, real. It really is. It really is. And it's escapism. So not to yes. confuse the listeners, many spiritual teachers say, oh, use your visualizations and your positive affirmations. Yes, do that. Those are safe. However, you're not doing that for the duration that you would spend in fantasy messing around with reality. So if you envision, say, your garden, let's use your garden. If you envision, ooh, I would like to have these types of flowers, perhaps some hostas over there, that would be lovely. I would like to have that. Thank you very much. And then you let it go and walk away. Yes. 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 Positive affirmations is something that might keep your mind occupied. But... Resting in fantasy as a out of revenge for what is present, that's where we run into trouble. Or a way to check out. You know, it's a great way to check out and avoid. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. Just spaz out. So, yeah. Um, what, what do you feel about, because you are more versed on the resistance category than I, I'm rather new to it based on recent transmissions. But from what you've heard, how would resistance compare to boundaries in your work? So boundaries are very much about light resistance, right? So you're using light resistance to um, to create the boundaries. So, for example, um, my nightly routine, uh, in order to really solidify that boundary uh, mentally, emotionally, energetically, physically, uh, I had to resist doing other things, right? Like continuing to read well past after the alarm went off, um, mm-hmm. 
you know, so when I'm using light resistance, that's helping me to resist um, continuing to read past the alarm, right? And so uh, resistance can play a huge role. The way Mother teaches it, there's shadow resistance and light resistance, you know. When I'm right. reaching for shadow resistance, I keep reading beyond the uh, the alarm, and I cut into my nightly routine every minute. You know, I, every minute I keep reading, I'm cutting into my nightly routine. So that's when I'm choosing shadow resistance. When I choose light resistance to help me maintain the boundary, the alarm goes off. I turn my book off. I say turn my book off because I use Kindle. (laughs) I read on a Kindle. I wondered, okay. I turn my book off or I close my book if I'm reading a paperback. Um, And and that's it. And then I start the routine. So the light resistance really helps me to make the choice of staying within the boundary. So the boundary for me is the 45 minutes that it takes for me to do the things I need to do uh, in order to have a much better chance at a restful sleep and a good night's sleep. Um, and so uh, I, I feel that light resistance and boundaries work beautifully together. Like they are a complement and they're really there to support, uh, you know, each other. One supports the other. I'm writing it down. That's great. I knew you would have something really awesome to say. Okay. Yeah, Mother goes That's... way into shadow and light resistance. She's great at explaining it. It's just, and it's of so course. profound. It's mm-hmm. so profound. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't give myself the, it's like, because I had this on my list too, how you have to hold space for yourself to yeah. explore these things. You have to yeah. create this safe Haven says, okay, now you're going to go in, you're going to be honest, you're going to look at what you're dealing with, you're going to look at what's not working, what is, and you'll you'll decide where those limits are and you'll make choices. Oh, that's the other thing. You'll make choices that will get you a better result. And so the topic of choices came up because if anyone listening to this looks around at their life right now and says, I'm not happy with where I am, then it has to go back to choices and decisions. I want to emphasize that we teach all over the show that there are some choices that are better than others. I don't like to say that every, you know, every choice you make is a mistake. It can be a miscreation where you make a choice, perhaps thinking you would come to one outcome, but you wind up with something you didn't expect. And so you kind of miscreated, but you have a chance to choose again and say, okay, perhaps this is what went wrong, and let me change the formula of my choice and then pursue that. So choices and decisions are all going to culminate at some point to show you the result of what you were choosing. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So your choice to set the alarm is going to be good for you. Yes. It help, yes, it helps me to, um, to maintain the boundary. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, or setting setting myself up for um, uh, a more positive outcome. 
because if I just right. don't have the alarm and I leave it up to my mind to remember, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> that that would be a choice to not be successful. You know, to not maintain the boundary is is you know just letting me figure it out when it's time because that that doesn't work for me. So yeah, sure, absolutely. So how about if we uh, bring Mother in and see? What she has to add to our topic today. Sounds wonderful. All right, my dear. Hang on just one moment. Okay. I'll talk to you on the other side. Hello, beloved one. Hello, Mother. Welcome and thank you for being here. You are most welcome, my dear. It is always wonderful to be with you and all of your listeners. Mm. So today we are uh, talking about boundaries with self. Yes? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just start with, um, as I spoke on our last chat together when setting boundaries with others, it is very important, equally important for everyone to maintain boundaries with themselves and with others. But it is especially especially important for highly sensitive people, empaths, psychics, healers. It is very important. Why? Because you are always going to have um, considerations that maybe another person does not, right? Someone who is not highly sensitive. You and Daniel spoke about the restaurant, I've been going when it's very, very busy and very noisy um, for a non-highly sensitive person. Um, but maybe no problem. So they don't need any kind of boundary around when they go out to dinner or what kind of restaurant they go to. But a highly sensitive person very much has needs around noise level, uh, the population in the room, um, the type of food that's being served. There is a lot that goes into it. Maybe a highly sensitive person can be very sensitive to the food itself. And if there is not um, a culture of uh, serving healthy food or Uh, food that is 
given with uh, love or good feelings, that can convey itself to the highly sensitive person. So if you are highly sensitive, you will need more boundaries with yourself and others than someone who is not highly sensitive. And a very, very big part of setting boundaries with yourself is about honoring yourself. It is about recognizing that who you are as a person, no matter what your needs are, no matter what your personality is like, um, no matter what is important to you, this is who you are. And accepting that to the best of your ability and not fighting it, not fighting your nature and recognizing that other people have their own needs. They have their own boundary requirements and that's okay. And you have your own needs and boundary requirements and that can be very different than the people around you. And when you're okay with it, they will be okay with it. And if they are not okay with it, you try to work it out. And if they are still not okay with it, then maybe the relationship, whatever the nature of it is, is not for you. And it's not for them. So when you think about boundaries with yourself... I want you to think about structures, right? So little mini homes. Your, the home that you live in is a structure that helps to contain your life, your dreams, your hopes, your feelings, your uh, experiences on a daily basis. People want homes for more than just shelter from the elements. They want to create um, a place that feels safe, that feels nurturing, that feels supportive, that feels uh, filled with laughter or fun or interesting projects or whatever. brings lightness to one's life. So think about boundaries with self as creating little homes. So um, you talked about, let's go back to the restaurant. So maybe as a highly sensitive person, a boundary is that you need to go to the restaurant early before it gets very, very noisy. And you've found about three or four restaurants in your area that you feel the food is vibrant, feels good. It seems obvious that it's been created with care. It has the elements that are important to you. 
So you are building a little home around that routine. Right? So when you decide to go out to a certain restaurant that you know works for you, um, then at a certain time with certain kinds of people, that's like a little structure that you've built. So it's a, imagine you're like a turtle or a, a mollusk. And you're bringing your home with you. You're bringing that boundary with you. Mm. And within that boundary, then you can relax and enjoy your food and enjoy the company. And uh, just you don't have to think about anything. There is a, a much lower level of stress. And so that when you occasionally do go to a new restaurant, maybe at a busy time because it's someone's birthday and you really want to go, and then these are experiences where they're not the usual and you can participate. And you might have to go home and rest, but because it's not all the time, you can do it. You may not be able to bring your uh, any kind of structure with you except maybe just the boundary that says, if it gets too bad, I'm giving myself permission to say, I love you, happy birthday, but I need to go. Mm, yes. So maybe that's a smaller version of the little home that you bring with you that's safe because you have that feeling of safety. I've given right. myself permission. But if it's not going well and my anxiety is growing, I can leave with love in my heart, blessings to my birthday friend, and I get to go. No matter what people think about me or what they might say after I leave the restaurant, that's not it is not my concern. My concern is making sure that I don't push myself past what's okay with me. Can you see the subtle, the small elements of boundary that help to keep your life um, centered and grounded? Absolutely. It's a, it's a brilliant analogy. And I I kind of went overboard. I had a lot of notes, but I didn't want to use the majority of them because it it just became too much and simple work best mm-hmm. here. And just having that structure and whether it's noise level, uh, energy level, how many, like you said, the population of the room, when there's that many people and you're feeling all of that and it gets to be overwhelming, um, that's where I got close, but your use of the word structure explains how you're bringing that sense of safety with you, and it helps exactly. maintain that sense. But then when it's time for you to retreat and say, okay, I've had enough, but I've enjoyed this, and now it's time for me to go do what I need for my own comfort. Exactly, yes. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. And as we spoke on last time, in boundaries with others, having consequences, right? So it's it's 
oftentimes not enough just to set the boundary, but you also have to have consequences with yourself, right? And for when you cross those boundaries or you don't honor those boundaries. And this time, I want you to think in terms of what's the most loving consequence you can set for yourself, right? So, for example, we're back at the restaurant. It's someone's birthday. It's uh, 7.30, 8 o'clock, high time. Everyone's laughing. <clears throat> Maybe some people in the party are drinking alcohol uh, more than you are comfortable with, and the volume is rising and rising. And um, there's an intensity that feels too uh, heavy for you, you are starting to feel overwhelmed and you stay. And the thought comes into your mind, I'll just stay a few more minutes. You've just crossed over the boundary because you recognize that you're overwhelmed, but you're you're embarrassed to leave. You are feeling shame for being who you are. And so you uh, tell yourself, it's fine, just a few more minutes. And then you stay those few more minutes. And then it gets even more intense. And everyone is trying to either pull you into the conversation or have another drink and do this or do that or let's have more sugar, more dessert, more cake. Let's uh, keep going. And, uh, And then... You think, I can't leave now because they're going to do such and such or that she's about to open her presence. I can't leave now. So just a few more minutes. After she opens her presence, then I'll go. Well, now you've crossed another boundary, right? Because before you said just a few minutes. Right, now, okay. the presence opens. So you cross then again another boundary that you set moments before. Right, And so by the time you leave, number one, you're already feeling the effects of crossing your own boundaries, not honoring your own boundaries, your own needs, what's okay with you, what's not okay with you. You have dishonored that. So you're already feeling the effects. And what is so common so common is that when you are feeling the effects and they're going to be the negative effects, you are exhausted, you feel wiped out, you are feeling some shame for not honoring yourself, guilty, um, maybe you had too much to drink so, or your stomach is upset or you just feel terrible. What is so common is then People punish themselves on top of that, right? Look what you did to yourself. Look what you did. You shouldn't have done that. And then they engage in even more punishing activity, going home and overeating or getting on the computer and staying up until one in the morning on the computer, right? There is this... The cascade effect. So what I'm telling all of you, my beloved ones, is that the consequences you need to set 
are loving. Okay, I, I trampled two or three boundaries here. I feel sick to my stomach. I'm exhausted. So I'm going to go. So I have to pay the consequences of my actions. And the consequences are I'm going to go home and take a nice relaxing bath or I'm going to meditate or I'm going to listen to very kind and sweet music or I'm going to read a book that is always very inspiring to me. I can flip through the book and just open it right where I need it or I can recite some prayers or I can get home and look myself in the eye and say, it's all right. You're all right. I love you and you're all right. Mm-hmm. Mm. So normally, you are, you are setting consequences unconsciously. Right? You just went over your boundaries, you dishonored your boundaries, and now you have to punish yourself, right? That's the consequences. You have to stay up till one in the morning on the internet and then feel even worse the next day. Yes. So Mm -hmm. there is already that habit of setting consequences, but I'm asking you all to be very aware of the boundary. If you cross that boundary, and then what are the consequences? You get to decide. And when you do that whole thing consciously, you are in a much better position to set loving consequences, right? Because you want to heal the damage rather than add to it. Okay. How would you do that? With like what you just said about setting an inspiring book. Ahead of time, right? So if you're going to that party, eight o'clock, right? You've set you've you know that the boundary is if it becomes too much, you're going to leave. But You also have to keep in mind that you are human. So you set the consequence before then. Okay, Okay. if I end up staying too long, longer than I need or want to, and I end up feeling overwhelmed, I'm going to go home, take a bath, meditate, read a little bit in my inspirational book, and then go to bed. Those are the consequences that I've set in place if I cross my own boundary. Does that make sense? It does. Mm -hmm. And that way you're set up for a safe way to correct that behavior. Yes, because you are human. You are going to cross your own boundaries. You are going to dishonor them. It's life. It happens. But you don't then have to punish yourself on top of it. So set the consequences before you even go to the event or before you are involved in the endeavor or whatever you are doing. 
right? Right. Mm -hmm. And when you set loving, nurturing consequences, what happens is then all of a sudden that says to you, you say you reinforce the belief that you just made a mistake, you are not the mistake. Okay. Right? So the other way is saying you're the mistake. More punishment is needed because there's something wrong with you that you can't stay at this party like everyone else and at the same hour and with the same noise and with the same alcohol and the same food. There's something wrong with you. So let's really reinforce that by going home and eating more sugar or staying up until one on the computer, right? Mm -hmm. But when you do loving consequences, you're basically reinforcing the belief that you just made a mistake because you're human, and that's just part of life. There's nothing wrong with you. You just made a mistake. You see the difference? I do. I do. That's very effective. I'm wondering, Mother, about this is a, a surefire way to correct any type of self-punishing behavior by setting that loving consequence ahead of time. Yes. What crossed my mind was the impulse to punish oneself in the first place. And so when I was thinking about boundaries with self, I was thinking about behaviors that are sabotaging to oneself. Um, and setting a boundary to prevent that, this would be probably something like that. But how much of that goes back to childhood conditioning where you have this impulse to punish yourself based on a misperception, whether by yourself or someone else? Oh, that's where it begins, beloved. Absolutely. Uh, Because uh, people that did not receive that in childhood, um, they tend to course correct more easily, right? They overindulge at a birthday party, they come home, they think, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted, that was too much, I'm going to take a bath and go to bed, right? It's more, it's, um, they don't feel the need to punish themselves because they don't feel that they are the mistake, but that they just made a mistake. I see. Right? So okay. if you have grown up in an environment that for whatever reason you emerge from that environment with the belief that you are the mistake, these are generally people with low self-esteem, low self-worth. That maybe uh, you got that message just because you're a highly sensitive person and people didn't know what to do with you. They kept saying, you're too sensitive, you're too this, you're too that, you're too emotional, you're too sensitive. Well, if you get that message enough, you are going to emerge from that feeling that something's wrong with you. You are not right at your fundamental self. You're not right. Right? So you are the people, those are the people that are prone to self-punishment when a mistake or a perceived mistake is made. I see. Okay. 
So I have in my notes that a boundary is designed to protect and nurture you. Absolutely. 100% beloved. Yes. They are not meant to repress or hem anyone in. They can change and evolve as you change and evolve. They can mature as you mature. But when you're using them, they need to be rock solid. And the best way for them to be rock solid is for you to think about them, write them down, figure them out to the best of your ability, and always go on the premise, what's okay for you, or what works for you, or what doesn't work for you, what isn't okay for you. So that's where you want to learn the differences. Hmm? Okay, yes. I was looking at behaviors, and I wrote the question, feeling okay means that you feel safe, you feel sane, uh, you don't feel overwhelmed mentally or emotionally, you feel calm, peaceful, purposeful, fulfilled, and respected. I felt that self-respect is a large component of this. And so the mm-hmm. question is what? I'm sorry? I was agreeing with you, beloved. Yes. Oh, uh, Okay. Yes, and so my question was um, for myself, uh, largely what thoughts, attitudes, behaviors, or actions violate your need to feel okay? So there was some kind of blurry line in there, and then it talked about uh, dishonoring who you are as a person, um, not in terms of um, I did a bad thing, now I'm going to go make myself feel worse, but more to the point of recognizing who you are deep down as a child of God, I was going in that direction. Is there something you can add to that to bring that to the surface? There's not any one thing, but it is all the small actions of loving and honoring self that build your self-respect, your self-esteem, and You touched on it earlier when you talked about honesty because when you are deeply honest with yourself, you also get to become honest about your wonderful traits. What are your gifts? What are you good at? What is it about your personality that is lovely and kind and generous, right, that people gravitate towards? So the more honest you are, the more you get to realize how wonderful you really are. Mm. And just because you have needs that might be different than someone else's doesn't make you any less wonderful. And the fact that you are willing to honor those needs, no matter how eccentric or odd they might appear to someone else, the more wonderfulness comes through. The more you radiate your beauty, your love, your self-respect. So look for the ways to love yourself. The small way. I'm going to a restaurant at a certain time rather than other times. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how many people force themselves to do things 
that quote unquote normal people do in mm. order not to be uh, looked at oddly or uh, singled out or to be thought of poorly by others. When yes. you stop caring so much what other people think and feel about you, and I don't mean that in a callous way, like I'm going to just be very destructive and I don't care how it affects other people. No. Sure. But when you are recognizing that you have very important needs for you, and when you can let go of uh, caring about what other people think about those needs, you are granting yourself enormous freedom. So start with little things. Start setting little boundaries with yourself. Well, when my husband and I went out to dinner last week, I noticed that at 7.30 it was too late, too loud. He had fun. I did not. So I'm going to ask him that we just pull it back maybe to 6.30 and see if that works better for me. Mm -hmm. Little things, right? You might need um, to meditate in the evening right before sleep to calm down. You might need to disengage from the screen, whether it's your phone or the computer. You might need to stop 30 minutes before sleep time or one hour before sleep time. Start giving yourself little, little boundaries to explore and just see if you can notice an improvement with your overall anxiety levels. Mm-hmm. I've done it before. It's a little different now because I'm older, but I can I can do this, and I know what my goal is because I love that feeling of going to sleep peacefully and waking up the same way. Very important. Yes, indeed, indeed. So maybe that's too big for someone else to start with. Um, maybe they need to start with something smaller, and that's fine. Okay. But just look for little ways that you can honor yourself and what works for you, right? That's the key, what works for you. All right, beloved one. Beautiful. This is wonderful, Mother. Thank you so much. You are so very welcome. I love you, I love you, I love you. Hmm? I love you too, my blessed mother. And to all of you, please know that I love each one of you unconditionally. And I'm with you always. Hmm? Hmm. Namaste. Namaste, mother.
Hello. Hello. Welcome back. That was terrific. That was terrific. That was terrific. Very, um, especially the the form of structures. I love that visualization. Yeah, I'm taking my little shell with me. (laughs) Yeah, here's you and your little shell of safety, your little bubble of safety. Okay, I will venture out, but when it's time, I'm coming back home. Where? That's right. right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I'm to the point where I don't go out at night. And we have to go to restaurants when it's not busy. Um, A, it's too much energy for me. B, my husband has bionic hearing. He can hear every conversation in the room. So it doesn't work for either one of us. Yeah, that's distracting. So, but I find it um, also, depending on the person and their energy, uh, that when people come to my home, that there's a limit as to how much I can uh, picture picture I'm sitting here like, oh, I love this person, I love their, their personality, and they're talking, but okay, we seem to have hit a limit here, and I would really like to go back to the normal energy of my home that I set. You know what I mean? I do. I do, yeah. I uh, just, oh, and um, there was one point, but I didn't add it to my bullet list, so I guess it, did, it didn't matter. But there was a point of neutrality, that neutrality would be important an important ingredient in all of this, but maybe that's for another time because everything else was touched on. So yeah. it's great. Yeah. Awesome. All right, okay. my dear. Thank you so yes. much for having us, as always. It is such an honor, and thank you for being a service to the community and all that you do and just the way you share of yourself is mm-hmm. magical. So we all appreciate it. All right, thank Danielle. You. You're so welcome. All right, everyone. Beloved Publications is where you want to go to find out more about Danielle, Mother Mary, and all of their offerings to the community. SpiritualInsightsRadio.com is where the archives live. Please stop by and visit, hang around, check out uh, all of the transmissions that we have built over the years, and do enjoy and get in touch if you need to. Until next time, God bless and be at peace.